tonight the fourth quality on how to develop a powerful relationship with Jehovah God is found in the book of Exodus chapter 33 verse 19 Exodus chapter 33 verse 19 and in verse 19 the word of God declare and he said I will make all my goodness pass before thee we shall know tonight what is the goodness of the Lord the Bible says, all taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in Him. There is trust in the goodness of the Lord. So what is the goodness of the Lord that, that God longs to pass before Moses? And He say, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And in chapter 34, verse 6, verse 5, after proclaiming the name of the Lord, in verse 6 he says, And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for a thousand generations. The fourth quality is the quality of mercy. The Lord is merciful. The Lord is gracious. The Lord is long-suffering. The Lord is goodness and truth. The Lord is. This attribute belongs fully to God. It does not belong to men. The source of mercy belongs to God. In the Holy of Holies, in the very presence of God, the very outstanding characteristics that is found within that second veil is the mercy seat over the Ark of the Covenant. Mercy is found in the Holy of Holies. And we have discovered when we talk about why Moses become a friend of God, because God wants to wipe them out consume them and start a new race out of the loins of Moses. And Moses said, Lord, have mercy upon your people. Remember? Last time we shared on that same episode. And in this episode, Moses was pleading like, have mercy. If you turn back to Exodus chapter, sorry, uh, Genesis chapter 18, which we also have studied previously. You notice in Genesis chapter 18, Abraham was also pleading before God for mercy. You know what he say? In from verse 23 onwards. If you read, he says, Lord, if there are 50 righteous, would you destroy them? If there are 40 righteous, would you? 30? How about 20? How about 10? So now Moses and Abraham was interceding with God based on the quality of mercy. One of the evidence or proof of the outflow of mercy is forgiveness. And that day, we notice that God pardoned the nation of Israel. Whenever God pardoned an individual, a group, or a nation, He has revealed Himself as a God of mercy. You know the greatest attribute that is proclaimed in the Old Testament is the attribute of mercy. And today... We are still declaring the, at, the attribute of mercy. 
Every time we sin against God, we say, Father, forgive me. One of the evidence, the proof of mercy is the outflow of forgiveness. So when you ask God for forgiveness, it's a demonstration that God imparts mercy into your life. So mercy is one of the greatest attributes of God. When we do not, do not appreciate mercy, or when we ignore mercy, we do not understand the depth of God's heart. That is, His willingness and desire to show mercy. You see, when God spoke to Moses, He said, Stand aside, I'm going to consume them. But really deep down within His heart, He's looking for an intercessor to pardon His people, to intercede on behalf of them. But thanks be to God, He found Moses. Moses truly understand his heart. When he told Jeremiah the prophet, he says, let me go. Forget about his people, I'm going to destroy them. Three times. Jeremiah declared, the Lord is merciful. He's declared in lamentation. He says what? He says what? His mercy are new every morning. The reason why we are not consumed, because of his mercy. And therefore, God revealed his mercy even to prophet Jeremiah. You see, revenge, vengeance, is the outward manifestation of the human heart. But mercy is the direct flow from the heart of God. It's fully divine in nature. And therefore, someone that demonstrates mercy, he has actually received an impartation of mercy from God. Because mercy fully belongs to Jehovah God. And tonight, turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 6. In the book of Luke, chapter 6, in verse 35 and 36, But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward, your reward shall be great. And you shall be called the sons of the Most High. For He is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not your bosom. For with the same measure you release out will be the same measure that will be returned back unto you. Do you know this passage? Hold it there. If you, turn, if you, if you have your Bible, turn it to the book of Matthew chapter 5. It repeats the same thing. On how is your attitude towards enemies and those that do not really love you and come against you. And it says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 44, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despisefully use you and persecute you. You see how, how, how is our attitude towards the enemy? And I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hates you, and pray for them which despisefully use you and persecute you, that you shall be called the children of which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and send rain on the just and the unjust. And in verse 48, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. In other words, from these two contexts, we discover that Matthew chapter 5 is part of the Sermon of the Mouth. And Jesus Christ was deliver His teaching to the people of God. And Jesus through His teaching was promoting and encouraging people to walk in mercy, to show mercy even unto the unrighteous, to the unthankful, to the evil, and to your enemies. 
So what will be the reward? Jesus says, the promise for those who walk in mercy is that they will receive a reward. Not just a little reward, but their reward shall be great. Hallelujah. And he says, those who walk in mercy shall reach a new position in Christ. They shall be called the sons of the Most High. The word sons there, it means the adoption to become an adult sonship. They move out. When you walk in mercy, you move out of the Old Testament domain as servants of God into the Holy of Holies and function as the sons and the daughters of the living God. When you move in and you begin to walk in your sonship authority and the privilege as the sons in the household of God. Once Jesus entered into a certain in Samaria, come there. So James and John told Jesus and wanted to call down, why do you call down fire? Like, why don't we call down fire and consume them as Elijah did? And Jesus' response was a rebuke in Luke chapter 9 verse 55. He says this, You do not know what kind of a spirit that you are having on right now. Some manuscript even added on this words, For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. The purpose of Jesus is to reveal mercy. No wonder the Bible says in Luke chapter 1, verse 78, Zacharias prophesied the coming of Jesus. He says, for this purpose, the tender mercy of God is shown as the rising of the sun upon His people. Jesus is the manifestation of God's mercy. In John chapter 4, when a woman was leaving with many, many men, was unfilial, no, sorry, unfaithful in the marriage covenant, you know what Jesus did? Jesus forgave her. That is a demonstration of mercy. In John chapter 8, when a woman committed adultery was found, he says, let he that without sin cast the first stone. And Jesus had no sin. Cast not a first stone even at her. That is a demonstration of mercy. And the Bible says we must conform to be like Jesus. We must walk like Jesus on this earth. Jesus is the pattern of the life of a believer. Jesus is the pattern of what kind of ministry we must have. And what kind of ministry? To walk and to show mercy. To the evil, to the good to the unthankful and to the unrighteous and even to your enemies. Our response should be mercy. Mercy is not just withholding judgment, releasing forgiveness, but also a de- inborn godly desire to impart blessing to others, the good and the evil. Do you remember he says, love your enemy, do them good, even lend to your enemy, hoping for nothing in return. Bless them, pray for them, That is going an extra mile. That means you must have an inborn desire to forgive them and to go on an extra mile to what? To bless them. Mercy wants to bless people. That's why God says, Yes, like your heavenly Father makes the sun to rise on the righteous and the unrighteous, the rain to come upon the good and the evil. That is mercy in demonstration. That means mercy is not shown just to the household of faith. Mercy is shown to your enemies. If you want to walk in mercy, you must walk in an extra mile endurance to bless others, especially your enemies. Mercy, desire to bring a blessing, releasing an extra mile goodness upon others. 
And the Bible says in Luke chapter 6 verse 37, 38, we just read. And when we compare verse 36, Be ye merciful even as your heavenly Father is merciful. And compare with Matthew chapter 5 verse 48, Be ye perfect even as your heavenly Father is perfect. What God is saying is that the state of perfection of heart. God wants us to have a perfect condition of heart. Not referring particularly to no sin, but particularly to the full development, the full maturity of mercy within you. The state of perfection of the heart is the maturity of mercy within you. Now how do we enter into the realm of perfection? Well, the Bible says, begin to operate in the law of sowing and reaping. The abundance of seeds of mercy you sown will determine the degree of perfection in your heart. The more mercy you shown to your enemies, the more you are reaching to a full perfection of your heart. The Bible's call judgment a strange work. Do you know when, when God judged nations that are ungodly, the Bible declares it's a strange work. It's not the normal thing that God do. You know why? Because God do not enjoy doing it. That's why He declared in Isaiah chapter 28 verse 21. It's a strange work. But today we look at Ezekiel chapter 33. Ezekiel chapter 33. In Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 11. Say unto them as I live, say of the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his ways and live. Turn ye Turn ye from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? You notice, God even do not, des- do not want or desire or have pleasure in the death of the wicked. God has no desire in the death of the homosexuals. God has no desire in the death of the mafias and so on. God desires that they turn from the wicked ways and come back to God. That is mercy. Because judgment... It's not the usual work of God. It's a strange work as said in Isaiah chapter 28 verse 21. So then what is the purpose of mercy? judgment? Well, if there's no law and order, no judgment imposed on any criminal, no jail sentences, lawlessness will increase. It will tend to propagate and promote evil doers. Amen? So therefore in the kingdom of God, there is a governmental authority And therefore, God has to release judgment for the purpose that sin could and must be discouraged. And that's why judgment is imposed. Now, if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Numbers chapter 12. And how come Moses was a friend of God? In Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12. Verse 1, And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses. And in verse 2, And they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Has he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek, humble, above all the men who were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spoke suddenly unto Moses and said unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come ye out three into the tabernacle of the congregation. God told three of them to come into the tabernacle because God wants to straighten the whole thing out. I want to talk to you all. Come. And the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called them forth. 
and verse 7, My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all my house. And verse 9, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. Now when the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, My Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us. We have done foolishly, we have sinned. And look at Moses in verse 13. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. You see the heart of Moses? Somebody accused him, trying to cause rebellion, come against his leadership. But what is his response? He said, Lord, heal her now. Now, Lord, heal her. I, I, I've forgiven her, her sin against me. I've forgiven her, her tragic tra- tra- uh, act against me. She betrayed me, betrayed my trust, but forgive her, Lord. I do not want to judge her. I don't want to condemn her, but Lord, just forgive her. That's the heart of Moses. And you know what happened? The Lord says, yes, I will forgive her seven days later. The judgment was still upon Miriam. But from there we discover those who walk close to God somehow develop this perfection of heart, which is called mercy. Look at the life of Joseph. When the eleven brothers sold him away as slave, do you know what happened to Joseph? When he was a, a Pharaoh's right-hand man, he says, I have forgiven you. This, all these years, I have forgiven you. Look at the life of Stephen. When he was stoned to death, he said, Lord, forgive them. Lay, this, lay, lay not this sin unto their charge. Look at Jesus. When he had a cross, what was his last few words? Father, forgive them, for they knew not what they do. At the cross, he declared a statement of mercy. Forgive all his enemies that crucify Him. That is the perfection of heart that God wants you and I to move into. You see, where Moses and Abraham had walked in that level, God wants you and I to walk in that level. Do you remember David? David was a man who walked after God closely. A man who followed closely to the heart of God. But you notice David forgive his son Absalom who rebelled against him. Forgive all those who have come against him. He has a heart of mercy. All those who want to walk with God have to develop this perfection of heart. You have to sow mercy. You have to sow and continue to sow mercy even unto your enemy. And that is mercy. Look at life. Look at Numbers chapter 14 again. In Numbers chapter 14 verse 10. Now they do not want to enter the promised land. And so the whole congregation want to stone Moses Joshua and Caleb with stones. And the glory of God came now to intervene. And the Lord says in verse 11 and 12, And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will these people provoke me? And how long will it that they believe me for all the signs we have shown them among them? And I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them. And I will make of thee a great nation and mightier than these. Wow, the second time God wants to consume the whole nation. And look at what Moses did. Look at what Moses did in verse 19. And he says, Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquities of this people according unto the greatness of thy mercy, as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt, even until now. And the Lord says, 
I have pardoned according to thy word. You know what word was that? The pleading of mercy. God listened to anyone who cried out for mercy. Because God's ear always responds to mercy. And after that, you know what happened? In verse 21, he says, But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. You know what glory is that? The whole earth in the coming days will see a full demonstration of the glory of God. And that is mercy. He says, yes, I will forgive these people as a demonstration of my mercy. But I'm declaring to you, in the coming days, the whole earth shall, in the future, shall be filled with the glory of God. The glory of God is the mercy in demonstration. What mercy? Forgive nation and all tribes and Gentile world. Hallelujah. It will be coming. God will forgive the people. Hallelujah. And so here, we notice this. That God is no respecter of person. God obeyed Moses according to His word. His word that is the pleading of mercy. God is a respecter of principles. God is no respecter of person. God is a respecter of principles. God follow and walk by principle. And one of the principles of God is that God longs and delights in mercy. And He will show mercy. Example that God is no respecter of person. Look at Numbers chapter 20. Now in Numbers chapter 20, verse 7 and 8, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather the assembly together, and Aaron thy, thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And he shall give forth his water, and shall, thou shalt bring forth to them waters out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rock from the Lord as he commanded and he turned to the people in verse 11. And Moses, instead of speaking to the rock, Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod, he smote the rock twice. And the Lord was angry with Moses in verse 12. Because you believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the Israel, of the children of Israel, you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Here, Moses just did one mistake. A friend of God just did one mistake. Instead of speaking to the rock, he used the rock, hit the rock twice. And God says, you cannot enter the promised land. A friend of God cannot enter the promised land. What's just one mistake? That shows what? God is no respecter of person. I don't care whether you're a friend of God. If you do not walk righteously before the eyes of God, you will also be punished. And Moses here cannot enter the promised land because God is only a respecter of principles. And thus far, Moses has walked according to the principle of God and that's why he prospered. But one day, and in this episode, he made a mistake. And that mistake caused him the failure to enter into the promised land. Because Jesus Christ is only crucified once, not twice. And he did smite the rock twice telling that Jesus must die again. For the sins of the world. So for that reason, he says, you shall not enter the promised land. A friend of God cannot enter the promised land. And he tried to bargain. You know, 
in the past he used his authority he said Lord show me your glory and God answered him and this time he tried to bargain by using his authority as a friend of God he tried to say Lord please let me enter the land and you know what Lord, the Lord re- responded look at Deuteronomy chapter 3 Deuteronomy chapter 3 from Deuteronomy chapter 3 verse 23 in verse 23 and I besought the Lord at that time saying O Lord God thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness and thy mighty hand that means his, the glory of God for what God is there in heaven and on earth that can do according to thy work and according to thy mind? Oh, I try to. In Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 23. In verse 23, and I besought the Lord at that time, saying, O Lord God, thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness and thy mighty hand. That means his, the glory. For what God is there in heaven and on earth that can do according to thy work and according to thy mind? Oh, I try to. Uncut, uncut, God, no. Try to show God oh, how good God is. But I pray thee, let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan, that goody mountain and Lebanon. And the Lord was angry with me for your sake and would not hear me. Wow! For the first time, the Lord would not answer his request. And the Lord said unto you, Enough, enough, speak no more unto me about this matter. Wow! A friend of God is rejected. The promise to enter the promised land. Yes, you may walk with God. Yes, you may have the great anointing on your life. Yes, you may have a great ministry like Moses leading a big congregation. But God has to be feared. God is no respectable person. And here, Moses knew, wow, God has to be feared. He tried to use his friendship status to influence God, but to no avail. And God was angry. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, the Bible says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. What kind of need? Well, from here we understand Jesus Christ wants us to press into the privileges and our rights in Christ to what? Plead for mercy for others. So mercy for enemies. Try, Lord, forgive this unrighteous nation. Have mercy on them. Intercession based on mercy. But a lot of us do not come to the throne of grace to obtain mercy on behalf of others, but we want grace or blessing for our own self, and that's selfish. We must be like Moses and Abraham, to go beyond our own needs and to intercede for others. You know, there was a great man of God, Percy Collect, and he prayed to God for more than 20 years. He said, Lord, let me have a visit to heaven. For more than 20 years he prayed unto God, God, I want to see heaven. Many a times he went into the woods and prayed over that desire. One day, when, while he was praying, a hunter spotted him. And he heard his prayer, saying, Lord, I want to go to heaven. And the hunter pointed a gun at him. Do you want to go to heaven now? I can, I can take you there now. And he prayed. And the Lord answered his prayer after over 20 years later, when he was an old man. He saw heaven. And when he saw heaven, he saw extra things that many people have not seen before. You must press in before the throne of God to obtain what you ever want once in your life. You can plead for nation, you can have nation in your heart, or you can ask for things like this. If ever this is the desire that God placed within you, don't ask for things that's not in the will of God. Alright? I believe Percy Collect sensed that that is a desire that God gave it to him. And he prayed for more than 20 years. A man that can stop the hand of God to stop negative prophecy against nation, to stop Prophecy of judgment against nations like America is you and I who went on our knees and prayed for them. 
A man who knows how to utilize mercy for the goodness of man is the one that will walk close to God. It's the one that knows the depth of God's heart. The key is to plead for mercy. Everywhere you go, it's time to show mercy. And that's what Abraham did. And that's what Moses did. And that's what David did. Jonah knew the mercy of God. And God created a miracle to demonstrate to Jonah the prophet concerning the mercy of God. Because Jonah was ang- angry at God's compassion and mercy. Look at Jonah chapter 4. In Jonah chapter 4, verse 1, Jonah was very angry with God because he knew that God was a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. And you forgive the people of Nineveh. Because you know why Jonah was angry? Because the nation of Nineveh was a great enemy of the house of Israel. He says, God, since they have been our enemy, why must you forgive them? And I don't, I'm not satisfied. Why must you prevent the judgment that you have caused me to prophesy against them? Why must you show mercy to my enemy, to the enemy of the nation of Israel? And he says, For I knew that you are a gracious God. The word gracious is mercy. And merciful. Slow to anger is also mercy. Because it's long-suffering. And of great ki- kindness. The word kindness is kisat, also mercy. So four times. Jonah says, you are a merciful God, um, so merciful, slow to anger because you are merciful, of great mercy, and I'm not happy. And, and because of this, the Lord says, why must you be angry with me? Because I show mercy to your enemy. And what happened? Jonah, in anger, walked out of the presence of God, went east of the city, and sat down, sat down at a at a place, in verse 6, God wants to teach Jonah a significant lesson concerning the heart of God. And he says, in verse 6, And the Lord God prepared a growth and make it to come up over Jonah. It's a tree. Alright, it's a tree. And God created a miracle instantly. Jonah was sitting down there and God straight away created a tree behind Jonah and the tree grew so tall that it provides shade for Jonah because God was teaching him a lesson so a, tr- a vine was grown above Jonah and Jonah has shade in verse, in verse 5 then in verse 7 God prepared a worm in the morning and caused the tree to wither and the wind, the east wind came and, and, and Jonah was angry, he said wow now the tree died, he stroke lah you know what God respond? Just have I created this tree sovereignly. I have created this nation, Nineveh, sovereignly. Why must you be angry when I show mercy unto others? And he goes on to say in verse 11, And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, when there are more than six score thousand people that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand and also much cattle. God not only want to show mercy to the unrighteous, the ungodly people, but also to the cattle. Hey, if I destroy them, how about their cattle? You see, how God, God cares for animal kingdom also. You know, when you kick a dog, I tell you, God says, hey, why do you kick that dog? Because God says, I do not even want to destroy the cattle. God mentioned the cattle. 
You see, how do you know? Remember the plague. Moses sent the plague upon the nation of Egypt. The plagues did not touch the cattle of the nation of Israel in the land of Goshen. The cattle still was healthy. So better don't mistreat dogs and cats and so on. Right? God's mercy is on their life. <laughs> no wonder that some, some saints say cats have nine lives. <laughs> mercy. Amen. And so God demonstrates to Jonah. He says, By my miracle I cause a tree to flourish to teach you a lesson that I long to show mercy even to my enemies. And that was prophesied. That was spoken very strongly by Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah chapter 9. Few books before Jonah, Jeremiah chapter 9, and he says this in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let the, not the mighty rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorify, glorify in this, that he understand and knows me. God says, if you want to have glory in your life, understand and knows me. God wants you to understand Him. God wants you to know Him. And that's what? He says, that He understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness. The word loving kindness, He said, mercy. That I exercise mercy, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things... I delight, saith the Lord. Now that was a prophecy by Jeremiah. Thus saith the Lord. He ended with the word, Thus saith the Lord. That the Lord delights in showing and exercising mercy, and the Lord wants His people to understand and to know Him. And you know what the word says there? Let him that glorify glory in this. The word glorify, the word glory in the King James is the word Hale. Hale means glamorously foolish to boast, to celebrate, to praise. One of the seven kinds of praise. He says what? Let him praise and, and rejoice in that the God that you serve is a God of mercy. The God that shows mercy. He says let, him, let us celebrate the mercy of God. Let us boast in his mercy. That's what God wants the people of God to know. When you sing, when you sing praise to Him, when you worship Him, He says what? When you give hallelujah, the word hallelujah means hallelujah. When you give hallelujah, know this and know that I delight in mercy. In Hosea chapter 6 says, I delight to show mercy. In Matthew chapter 23, He says, know that I long to show mercy and not sacrifice. God longs for people to praise in His mercy. The word hallelujah is hallelujah. Lord wants you to praise in His mercy. That forever His mercy endures forever. That's what God wants us to rejoice. To rejoice is in mercy. Forever and ever He shall be merciful. And if you want to reach that perfection like Jesus, like David, like Moses, like Abraham, like Stephen, like Joseph, you have to walk in mercy. You have to reach that perfection of heart. Every time you refuse to show mercy, you harden your heart. When you are cruel to others, you harden your heart. And you grieve the Holy Spirit. You grieve the Holy Spirit. You know why there's intercessors on this earth? Intercessors are supposed to intercede and plead mercy on behalf of others. And God answers prayer based on mercy. 
But every time you refuse, you refuse to show mercy. God says, you, you are not a prayer warrior. You don't understand intercession. Your heart is too cruel, too hard. You always like to show judgment. And you are not showing mercy and you shall not read mercy. Judge not and you shall not be judged. Judge and you shall be judged. When you condemn others, you shall be condemned. But God says, rejoice. Let Him glory. There's a song that goes like this. He says this. Uh, uh, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. For he's high and lifter up the glory of the nation. For he's high and lifter up creator, creator and redeemer. For I one, tr- I will trust in knowing you. Then he said, There is no glory in your own wisdom. There is no. Uh, no power in his own mind. There is no strength in thy own wisdom. Boast in knowing you. That's right. That's a song that goes like this. And that's what? To boast in this knowledge. And this knowledge is so precious. You know why there's no glory upon this earth right now? Do you know why glory has not entered into the house of God? You know why? Because the body of Christ has been very judgmental. We backbite one another, we gossip about one another, we kill one another, we, we talk bad about this minister, we talk bad about that ministry, we talk bad about the other church. And because of that, mercy is not shown, and the glory of God cannot enter into the, the house of God. Do you remember how the cloud came upon Solomon's temple? You remember Solomon's prayer? He says, if your people have sinned against you, forgive them. And when Solomon declared the mercy of God, you know what happened? The glory came. So let me show you the glory, how the glory came down. Look at Second Chronicle chapter five. 2 Chronicle chapter five. Second Chronicle chapter five. In Second Chronicle chapter five, in verse thirteen, and it came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lift up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and with the instruments of music, praising the Lord, saying, For his he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. Look at chapter six, verse forty two, the last verse. Solomon's prayer, the ending verse. Of Solomon's prayer. O Lord God, turn not away the face of thy anointed. Remember the mercies of David thy servant. Chapter 7 verse 1. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, that the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifice, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. Don't walk in mercy. When you walk in mercy, there is a glory of God on the house of God. When you begin to sow mercy in your life, you begin to have a glow on your face. When you show mercy, you happen? You have a glow. You eh, people say, hey, why there's a glow on your face? Because you walk in mercy. Have you seen people who are criminals, gangsters, who are very tough? You notice that there's no glory on their face? All wrinkles and, and a hardened countenance and so on? But a person who is very kind, you can see the glory of God on their face. Immediately after Exodus chapter 33, when he pleaded for mercy for the nation of Israel, Moses came back. You know what happened? 
there was a glow on his face and he has to put on a veil over his face the question is why? why? because he has entered into the realm of perfection anyone who do not flow in forgiveness anyone who have grudges envy, bitterness in your heart and you do not show mercy you lost the glory of God on your life you begin to lose the glory, you lose the glow, and your countenance change. And people say, hey, you look different. It's time for you to reach the perfection of heart. So that the glory of God is shown on your face, the glory of God is shown in the house of God, and the glory of God is shown throughout the whole earth. And God is looking for you and I to proclaim the mercy of God so that the glory of God can once again fill this earth as the waters cover the sea. Let's close the word of prayer. Father, we thank you for tonight, Lord. And Father, thank you for your precious word, Father. And your precious word, I declare, Lord, that Lord, those who walk with you must and will develop this virtue of mercy within your heart. Father, many a times we have failed thee. And Father, we ask that once again you cultivate our, this condition of our heart. Let us sow more mercy within us, Lord. And so that we will enjoy the reaping of your mercy. So that we will walk in the glory of God. And Father, this day we, have, we will hearken unto your word. We will understand and know God. We will flow with you. That we will exercise mercy to demonstrate we are the children of the Most High God. And Father, we thank you for tonight for your word, Father. That Lord, we continue to forgive even our enemies, Lord. We thank you all this, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let's close your eyes right now. Close your eyes. Some of you have lost the glory of God in your life. You know why? You know why you lost the glory? Once upon a time, you seem to have a glow on your face. But somehow, you have not shown mercy. Somehow, you keep certain grudges, certain bitterness, certain things that people have treated you unfairly, and you keep it within your heart. And that has choked your heart. And that prevents you from reaching the perfection of heart. And that has caused you to disinherit the glory of God. But this day I've declared to you that God wants to restore the glory back into His church and back into your life. But you must be a man and a woman who walk in forgiveness. A man that withhold judgment. A man that will impart an extra amount of blessing and goodness upon others. To do good always, not only to the household of faith, but to the enemies around you. To those who do not do you good. Pray for those who despitefully and use you and persecute you. And bless them that they are, they are your enemies. If you are a person somehow has not walked in the mercy of God, lift up the hand and we pray a prayer tonight.